Hello, welcome to Brick by Brick. I am your host, Emily Verbecki, and always thanks for tuning in to hopefully what will be another great conversation about Albion. Today, we are sitting here in Pure Albion again with Tim Kraus for a conversation about our Albion community and the role that the Albion Community Foundation has played in Albion for over and over the past 50 years because it's a big 50th anniversary this year. So Tim is the current executive director of the Albion Community Foundation. And like I said, they're celebrating their 50th anniversary which is an outstanding milestone for any organization um, that has has any staying power. It certainly speaks to to uh, their staying power here in Albion. So while I was reaching, researching this episode, I learned um, that Thomas Lloyd, which was a former executive vice president of the Albion Malibu Iron Company, which later turned into Hayes Albion Corporation, played an integral role in the creation of the Community Foundation. So mm-hmm. it's another kind of reminder how important the foundries were yeah. to Albion and this, the whole community, even though they may not exist today, that they their influence and their history in a lot of ways is yeah. still a part of it. So we're really excited to hear more about your role and, and what you've been working on. So, Tim, before we get into the Community Foundation... Tell us a little bit about your Albion story. How does it start? How has it evolved over the years? Uh, so my Albion story starts way back in 1987 um, when my parents moved here. Um, lots of people assume I was born in Albion, but I came when I was very young. Uh, and I was actually born in Harbor Beach up along Lake Huron. And mom and dad came here. Dad got a job with the... Uh, with the police department and mom got a job with the hospital and they moved to Albion and I grew up in Albion. In fact, I have no memories from before Albion. Uh, So Albion is my hometown, even though I was born somewhere else. Uh, Went all the way through Albion public schools, uh, started at Caldwell, then went to open, then to the middle school or junior high, I think it actually changed names while I was in it, and then uh, then to the high school where I graduated. Um, at that point, after I after I graduated from high school, uh, my sister was at Albion College. My mother was the director of health services at Albion College. There were a lot of Krauses at Albion College, um, so I decided to apply to Kalamazoo as my first choice. Um, ended up going to Kalamazoo, but it's not a total loss because the backup plan was always Albion. Um, you, you grow up in a town like this and you have parents that are associated or like my, my older sister is a graduate. Um, you, that it, you just kind of assume you're going that way. Uh, I ended up going over to Kalamazoo, but Albion still has a very large portion of my heart because I grew up around it, around Albion football, all of that fun stuff. And you ended up coming back too. So obviously, uh, yeah. so it had enough of a draw to bring you back. So how yep. long were you gone and away from Albion and, and really what brought you back? About 13 years I was gone. Um, I, I went to college and then from there I lived in Dallas and then Columbus and then in Detroit. And what brought me back, um, so I've had a career in nonprofit development. Uh, that's what I did uh, when I, in those cities that I lived in. And I got a call one day from, uh, from my dad saying, hey, Tom Pitt is looking for you. 
he's interested in in talking to you about this position at the community foundation um and i was like at that point i had lived in lots of big cities like coming back to your hometown you're kind of you're hesitant to really do that Mm -hmm. i mean my life had changed a lot in 13 years um and so tom and i sat down for coffee and he basically helped me see all that was possible in the role as the executive director of the community foundation there's so much that the community foundation has done in this city i mean the Bohm Theater being the most obvious, uh, we led the the capital campaign for the Bohm Theater, but it, it goes far beyond that. I mean, all the way back to Tom Lloyd, uh, starting with Bernellis Park, the corner park, in case anybody uh, doesn't know the actual name of it, the corner park that's right downtown, that was one of our first projects. In fact, that was our first community project. There's lots of other projects in town that have roots in the, um, depending on when they started, either the Civic Foundation or the Community Foundation. It was just a name change, same organization, mm-hmm. different name. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're talking Lloyd Park, of course, named after Tom Lloyd. Um, we helped with Stoffer Plaza. We helped with... Uh, the train depot mm. uh, with Johnson Daycare, now Little Lambs, um, the the library, the addition to the library, the front part of the library is an original Carnegie Library, but then in the 70s they added on. Um, Rieger uh, Park, parts of Rieger Park. We bought the last parcels to finish uh, to to finish out Rieger Park so that there was street frontage. Uh, we've helped with the Victory for Kids playground in Victory Park um, that it still warms my heart to see because back in, I think it was 2003 when they, uh, when they built it, it was a lot of volunteer labor. Mm-hmm. And it was going to Kalamazoo. I had that weird time when all of my friends were off at college, but I still had a month left to go before mm-hmm. I went back. Uh, so I... During that time, I spent an entire week down there every day helping build it. So when I come back and I see kids playing at it, I'm like, I made those. Mm -hmm. That was me. Uh, So all of these different projects that we've done around town, uh, I don't think people necessarily see them and say, Albion Community Foundation. But that's part of what a community foundation is about. We're not necessarily up in the headlines out there saying, this is the Albion Community Foundation Park. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're much more about bringing community together through those projects. Um, Great example of this is the Holland Park playground um, renovation that they did a couple years ago. Here we have a historic site Mm -hmm. that has a lot of community significance, but also a lot of historical significance. And uh, we were approached about helping redo it. So we, uh, we paid, oh, I can't, can't remember the number off the top of my head now that I think about it. Um, but we, we donated significantly to, uh, to put in a new playscape. And then as part of that, they did this whole history exhibit down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it became yeah, we contributed it, but us contributing to it helped it preserve history and community, um, helped preserve important stories of Albion. 
I, I always think of projects like that when I think of the Community Foundation because we operate really in the background. Mm -hmm. And that's how we're supposed to. And that's kind of how we like it. Yeah. <laughs> so in thinking about some of the projects that you were talking about, it makes me think, is there a mix between projects that community groups or organizations come to the foundation and, and apply for a grant, but then there's also projects that the community foundation, they themselves spearhead and yeah. say, mm -hmm. this is a project that we, that we want to do. So if there's those two kind of ways that the community foundation is, is are there any other ways that sort of projects come about that the community foundation is involved in besides those those two either people coming and saying I have a, I want to apply for a grant or the community foundation saying like this is a project we're going to work on um so the other kind of role that we play is a a convener in town um I I have my mentor in the community foundation world her name is Renee uh, Johnston she's up in Saginaw um she always, when we talk and I work through stuff with her, she always says, Tim, you always have to remember the Community Foundation is the neutral ground in town. The Community Foundation should be the place that everybody can come to that can have an opinion on any way and it's listened to and it's heard. Hmm. Can we necessarily do anything with some of that? No, but that's what we're here for. And perhaps they say something that you say, oh, wait, I just talked to someone else about it. And there's some commonalities or synergisms mm -hmm. or, or something yeah. between those. So but it, it, so it sounds like in some ways that the Community Foundation can be a connector because the Community Foundation is aware of projects that are submitted for grants that may be funded or not funded or partially funded that because you also want your funds to be used wisely and to go as far as possible. So I have to imagine when you see opportunities for organizations or groups or projects to work together, that that gets you even maybe a little bit more excited about that project potentially. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's fun to see when grants come in. Uh, you sit there and you read a, I had 49 grants in the last grant round, like the last month. You just month. needed one more to get an even 50. <laughs> Someone should have submitted one more. Uh, I, so the last month, what I've been doing is I've been reading through all of them. And the number of times that I can sit there and I can say, oh, this is a great project. They aren't, uh, we ask about partnerships. They might not be partnering with certain people. And I can sit there and go, oh, wait, they need to partner with this person. Mm. And so then if they get the grant, even if they don't get the grant, I still give them that feedback. Hey, this is someone you need to, to partner with. You might not have, um, you might not be able to get money through them, but their work complements your work. That's a really cool thing to be able to see. You mentioned earlier kind of this overarching, I get to see a whole lot of stuff, um, a, a ton of stuff, a ton of ideas that are going on behind the scenes. Um, and that's really where it plays out. Uh, someone has an idea that they've developed enough to put in a grant application. Well, I know of other ideas out there that maybe aren't in that stage. But if I can reach out to those other ideas and say, we have this grant, 
that's going to go through that's good for you to partner with. That's always fun. Mm -hmm. um, it, also, it also helps us use our, our resources wisely because even in a small town, there's tons of overlap. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, quite possibly, there's more overlap in a small town because everybody wants to do something. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they just don't know what other people are doing. Uh, so if they come to us, for instance, um, community gardens. Mm -hmm. um, so they, they have received funding from us. Uh, I know that they also applied for raised bed gardens through the senior services millage. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so called up or uh, Helen Guzzo over there called me up and said, what, what's up with this? Community gardens, are they duplicating stuff? Um, I, saw, I saw a vision of life has a community garden. Hmm. Well, yes, vision of life has a community garden that's done in conjunction with Albion Community Gardens. It's not necessarily duplicating efforts, it's joining together. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And then Albion Community Gardens also said, hey, we want to do this for Fork Senior Center. The, the senior millage can help them out. Well, Helen Guzzo was kind of worried, wait, we're duplicating. We're duplicating and I, no, 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 let it's me It's really an you. expansion. Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes, you know, Fork Senior Center isn't there to necessarily do raised bed gardens, but community gardens is there and they can help out with that. Mm -hmm. um, those, kind of, those kind of collaborations... That's what really excites me about my job, uh, seeing how various groups can work together. So even though you haven't been with the Community Foundation for all 50 years, yeah. and you named quite a few projects off, and maybe even outside of, I think if I asked you, what's the foundation's biggest accomplishment? Probably the Bohm Theater would be <laughs> number one on yes. the list. And most people might say that. What is one of the biggest accomplishments that the foundation has in its 50 years that maybe is less known, um, but the, but the community foundation and the board, um, and even the board changes, but what's some, what's a project that really sticks out in your mind, um, that is, that the community foundation has been involved in? So I, I come back to the, to the library. Um, I, I, my my father is an avid reader. He passed that on to his kids. I spent so much time growing up in, in the library. Um, so back in the 70s, it was just the front part of the library. They needed to do expansion. Well, they got some money, I believe, through the state to do it, but they had to raise a local match. This is quite common for state funding. Um, and they approached us about a grant uh, this was back in the 70s, so I don't have all the details on it. But they approached us about a grant, and we said, we'll throw in and we'll help you do the fundraising for it. Um, now, I, now I go to the library, and essentially that expansion tripled the size of the library. Um, libraries are these homes within communities where anybody can come in. They can use the internet. They can sit there and read. You know, if you need to use the bathroom, you can go just use the bathroom. Um, and they're welcoming and they're open and they're these really important community building sites beyond just being nice. Mm -hmm. Being nice, 
being hospitable, that's one thing. Being open and warm and welcoming, that's really what libraries do best. I mean, obviously they do, do big books best, yes. but also that community space that they create. Um, so for me, I've always been attracted to that project. It makes me think about the reach to within that project, that each project has an estimated reach, but to think of generations of individuals, residents, students, kids, young, old, and everybody in between, there's probably very few people who haven't visited the library at least once. So the reach of that project could be one of the biggest just simply because of what it was and what a library means to the mm -hmm. community, like you were mentioning. Yeah. Um, another project that kind of has this same generational impact is the is the Victory Park Playground. Um, I, I now see people I grew up with taking their kids to play on it. Um, and, and I'm like, you know, this is, this is going to be around for a long time. Uh, various generations of kids will come through and and play on it. And I sat there and I sawed. <laughs> I, I did so much, uh, so much uh, building, lumber yeah. building. Um, that I, actually, if you look at any of the peaks, that's what I, that's what I worked on. I was on that project team. But you look at it and you say, I had a huge part in that. Mm -hmm. And now to see children of people that I grew up with that helped on that project too to see their kids out there playing on it like this is what community is about it's not just one and done mm -hmm. it's it's building stuff over time I think Albion really does that well in general we we look to the future we see what we have yeah, we've fallen on hard times, but people are still optimistic here about our future. Mm -hmm. uh, honestly, that's part of the reason I came back. Uh, I, I've, coming from a large city back to a small town, especially when it's your uh, when it's your hometown, uh, it took a lot of deliberation. In the end, what brought me back is the people because they want a better future and they are working for a better future. And I had the opportunity to come back and help that out. Mm -hmm. To me, it becomes kind of obvious after a while uh, of why I came back. Everybody kind of questions it. And I'm like, let's think about that. Let's think about the value rather than the job. Mm -hmm. Right. And then it becomes really obvious. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned before that you're connected in with um, some mentor roles yeah. and, and you had experience in a lot of other community development roles in other cities. What do you feel is unique about Albion's community foundation from other community foundations? So we, we have a saying when all the community foundation CEOs get together that when you've seen one community foundation, you've seen one community foundation. Hmm. All of us are built for our communities. Um, Shannon Tiernan over in Marshall has a very different foundation than I do. We're 12, 12 miles apart. Um, I think it's because we do really take a, a leadership role in the future. 
there's a lot of a lot of foundations, a lot of community foundations that run programming, and uh, for instance, uh, the college access networks. Um, they they're not as into how to build the future. Um, not that they're not building the future, just we do a lot of long-term planning. We do a lot of, hey, we're going to do this because in 30 years we never know how it's going to play out. But if we do it with the right intent and we work to make it a positive experience, we know at the end, in 20, 30 years, it will be a positive outcome. Uh, I. A great example of this is when we bought our building downtown in 1987, our old offices, which are now, which is now the the Bohm Two. We we bought it because we felt we needed to be downtown and helping uh, helping sustain downtown. And after a while, it became wow, this is a really big building for us. But we stayed there for the same, we didn't want to just sell the building. We wanted to make sure that the original intent of sustaining downtown was met. And the, so the Bohm Theater came along. And even before the restoration of the Bohm Theater, um, I have paperwork about issues with structural on the Bohm Theater that was going to impact our building, which had an adjoining wall. And little did we know in 1987 when we bought our building that 30 years later, essentially, we'd be looking at it going, if we don't do something for the Bohm Theater, it's going to collapse into our building. So that's kind of where the whole Bohm Theater restoration started. Um, we knew something had to be done. We knew that literally our fixed asset was going to have, there were going to be implications if something didn't happen for the bone. So we, so we started down this restoration path. Um, then in 2016, we sold it to the bone for their second screen. Um, we can get really technical about why they needed a second screen. Um, but let's just leave it at the fact that it's much easier to get better movies if you have two screens than if you have one screen. Um, the, so we sold it to them. Little did we know in 1987 that the outcome would be we restored this theater. We, we're going to sell our building to the theater so that they have a second screen to make their business model more sustainable. Nobody sat at that table thinking about that. Mm -hmm. It, it kind, it's kind of what led us to buying the building out on Eaton Street. We knew, um, we knew that the entry corridors into town uh, needed help. Um, we didn't necessarily drive foot traffic downtown. Um, we really are kind of a boring operation when you look at it just from like, what do we do? We, we do a lot of finance and we give out money. Like... <laughs> Um, so we don't ha necessarily drive foot traffic. Um, so when we started to look out on, uh, out specifically, we were looking at uh, Eaton Street and Austin Ave. Um, it, it became apparent that they, those areas could benefit from our positive influence, sort of like downtown benefited from this 
1987 vision of we should have a building downtown and all of a sudden it resulted in the Bohm Theater. Um, hey, it, it worked out as we know that if we, if we buy it for the right reasons and we work for positive change in the community, we know that what we do will work out. We just don't know the outcome when we start out. Mm -hmm. um, I think that is, bringing it back to your question, um, I think that's a really unique uh, idea that the, the Board of Trustees has had for years, I, I, quite possibly all the way back to Tom Lloyd. Uh, just how do, we, how do we get this future visioning started long term? Mm -hmm. We have the luxury of an endowment. We're not, we don't raise money to keep the lights on. Uh, we raise money to help Albion in the future. Mm -hmm. um, we, don't, we don't have to worry about some of that day-to-day -day stuff that normal nonprofits do. How do we take that, that luxury, um, having been a frontline fundraiser for a few organizations, that is a luxury. Um, how do we take that luxury and transform it into, into a vision, into goals and outcomes? Speaking of not not always having a clear outcome in mind for projects or actions that the community foundation might make. What are, what are some future projects that the community foundation has on its horizon right now, even though they might not know what the total end game or end impact might be? What in the next couple years, are, are there any big projects that the community foundation is working on? So it's not that concrete of a process. Uh, what we do is we have a strategic plan. Um, so right now we just redid our strategic plan for our 50th anniversary, uh, and we ha we've identified four priorities that we're, we're really looking toward. Uh, the first one being youth and education. The very first grant out of the Community Foundation was for youth. Um, so that has had a very deep-rooted um, history at the foundation. So we're not, we're not going to change that. Uh, the other one is uh, leadership development, thinking about, uh, thinking about the next generation of leaders in the community. Um, I hear a lot, we all seem to, all of the nonprofit executive directors seem to uh, trade <laughs> board, board members. Uh, someone will say, oh, they just stepped off my, my board, and someone else will be like, okay, they can come on mine. Like, how are we sustaining this over the long term? Um, it, it, was, it was a priority that really came out of what the feedback we were hearing from organizations that we fund. Um, so how do we help them in a different way? The, the third priority is workforce development. Um, knowing that we have a large unemployed population and a large low-income population, and we're in the middle of some huge shifts in our overall, in our overall economy, um, how are we going to help manage that in Albion? What are we going to do? Um, I, people say, well, job creation is, is a big choice. I, I tell them, no, we're talking a lot further upstream than that. For instance, if you take technical education, um, right now there's the new uh, manufacturing lab that's going to open at uh, Marshall Opportunity High School. 
if you take a, pro a program through them, generally you have to have a pair of steel-toed boots. Do you know how much steel-toed boots cost? More than $100. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're, they are surprisingly expensive. But there is no funding out there for steel-toed boots. That's just an example of the kind of projects that, that we're really looking at. How do, we, how do we be at the very front of that whole process, making sure that people can actually access that program? How do we remove those barriers? Uh, because we know, we know there's going to be a labor shortage. Like the other, thing, the other thing that's starting to become very talked about, especially in the rural community foundations, is um, the agricultural shortage. Um, some economists say that it's going to even surpass the, uh, the labor shortage. Uh, that's a little scary when you're in the middle of rural America. And, and I mean, I know a whole bunch of farmers around here. Who's the next generation of farmers? That, that's the sort of thing we're talking about with workforce. And then the fourth priority is community vitality. Um, that is the, how do we make this a better place? Um, we're talking physically at this point. Uh, we, wanna, we want to concentrate on, um, uh, on safety and uh, just general appearance, making it look good, making people welcome, um, feel welcome to the community, uh, especially along the, the entry corridors. Like I said, we moved up to, up to North Eaton Street, and that's what kind of set all this in motion. Uh, so, so now we're looking at, when we say entry corridors, we're looking at Eaton Street, Austin Ave, Michigan Ave, um, Erie, definitely M99 south of town, um, looking at all those entry corridors and making sure that they really reflect the beauty that is Albion. Mm -hmm. um, they, there are eyesores, definitely. But those are physical eyesores. The human eyesores, like, I, I don't find mean people in Albion. Mm -hmm. Overall, we're a bunch of really nice people that actually like to talk a whole lot with each other. So sometimes I have to do my grocery shopping outside of town if I only have a half an hour to do it. <laughs> but otherwise, I like to go to the grocery store and talk to people. Uh, you get caught up on everything. We want to make sure that the that the entry corridors, the physical, visual um, safety part of them really feels, gets that community feel. Like we, we do with each other. Once you know people from Albion, you know that some of the nicest people in the world live right here in town. Um, we want to make sure that visually and, and physically it reflects that. So I mentioned early on that this is the 50th anniversary of the mm -hmm. Community Foundation. So big anniversary. Yeah. What does the Community Foundation have planned mm -hmm. in celebration of, of this big milestone? So we will have a very large gala downtown uh, in Albion on May 9th. We're going to start at the Isman House with a buffet dinner um, and then go to the Bohm Theater for the overall presentation. Um, as part of that, we're actually doing a, a small documentary through Brick Street Marketing, uh, just highlighting 
highlighting eras of the of the community foundation we've done a lot of interviews with former trustees um it's been it's been really cool to hear the stories um i i know working with the staff over there they're even excited about some of this uh there's a lot of community history that happens through the community foundation so as you do kind of that you learn a lot about albion uh so we're really excited about that um there'll be a couple speakers and then, uh, and then afterwards, we are going to go to a afterglow reception uh, for dessert. There'll be a little bit of entertainment at um, at kids and stuff. So it's a little tour around town then. Tour around town. It's also three organizations that uh, that have received significant funding, and we really see as community anchor organizations. Uh, we're we're really excited to kind of do this a little differently than other people have um, and just have a really good time. Uh, everybody's like, hey, it's a fundraiser. I'm like, no, it's not. It's, it's a gala. It's just let's come out and have a good time and celebrate community. Um, we had that fundraiser discussion really early on in all these plans, and I was like, it just doesn't feel like, hey, it's our 50th anniversary, give us money. No, 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 no. It's our 50th anniversary. Let's all have fun and celebrate what we've done in 50 years. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what it really needs to be about. And they can get their tickets to the celebration uh, through the Community Foundation's website, right? Yep, yep. It, at www.albionfoundation.org slash 50 years. Um, tickets are $45 a piece. They include the entire night. So um, nice buffet dinner catered by uh, firekeepers. Um, we're going to do some appetizers and hors d'oeuvres from local places, including um, Gina's and Malibu. And then dessert will be provided by Foundry Bakery. Very nice. So here's our wrap-up question that we always ask everybody. So... You're around the community a lot wearing your community foundation hat mm -hmm. as a requirement of, I'm sure it's right in your executive director uh, job description, mm -hmm. must promote community foundation at all times and yeah. always, all the time. I also know that you probably, as a young person, have time, maybe time, mm -hmm. uh, but interests outside of your job. Mm -hmm. So if people saw you around town or even outside of Albion, and you weren't working on community foundation business, what would they find you doing? I'm not going to mention Malibu Brewery. Okay. We'll just move beyond that one. Okay. Uh, even though I, I am a connoisseur of beer, so I do, I, I have traveled to many breweries around the country. Uh, so, so I do enjoy beer. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on this, but I'm going to, I'm proud. Um, Beyond that, um, a lot of people know this about me. On Tuesday night, every Tuesday night you, from about 6 o'clock till 9 o'clock, you can't get a hold of me whatsoever. And everybody's like, why Tuesday night? Well, I go over to Kalamazoo um, and I sing in a community chorus. Um, my degree is in music performance um, with a specialty in vocal music. And I started singing with the Bach Festival Chorus over in Kalamazoo while I was in college. And when I came back, I was like, I want to go and sing with them again. People are like, what about Jackson? What about Battle Creek? And I'm like, I know so many people over, over there because I, I sang with them when I was in college. Like, there's not that much turnover. Um, so 
I go back there every Tuesday night, um, and some people get frustrated because I'm never available on Tuesday. My my mother, they just did the uh, the Safe Place fundraiser with the at the Bohm with the director and the movie. And she was upset that I wouldn't take time off of Bachfest to come back and go to that fundraiser. I was like, no, Tuesday nights. You know as well as anyone, Tuesday nights, I'm out of town. So that is, that's my little part of me that I do. Um, just to, Alpine's a small town. There's not a ton to do. After a while, you need to get out and you need to do some other stuff. So that's my once a week. Okay, we'll get out of town. We'll do some other stuff and then I'll come back. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I do a better job because of that. And every time you go out of town, it gives you the opportunity to tell more people about Albion and the things that there are here to do for day trips and all those different kinds of things. So it's good for us to get out mm-hmm. and meet other people, hear about things that they're working on, yeah. perform, mm-hmm. all those things. So so everybody would find you potentially singing. Mm-hmm. If they didn't find you wearing your executive director hat, it sounds like. Yeah. The other the other thing I like to do, um, my sister still lives over in Detroit, and I go over and I visit her and her family. Love it. About once a month I go over there um, just to spend the weekend and enjoy family. Mm-hmm. Um, I also travel a little bit. Um, everybody who follows me on Facebook loves to see the highlights of my latest road trips. When I go on vacation, I don't. I'm not a huge flyer. I'm not. I'm not good at flying. Um, so I, I like to drive, though. So I take road trips. A couple years ago, I drove out to Denver and then through the Dakotas. And um, this past year, I went out to Quebec City and Prince Edward Island and Halifax. Drove out there and then drove back. And it's a very long drive. <laughs> mm. So if anybody's looking for things to do or road trips to take, they could hit you up for ideas on, mm-hmm. on places to go. Yep. 36 out of 50 states I have visited. My my bucket list is all 50 is states. Is all 50. Do you have like mm-hmm. a, a deadline that you're going to shoot for all 50? I don't know. The last couple 50 years. 50 by 50? 50 by 50. There we go. That gives me a That's long doable. time. Yeah. A really, really long time. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> a very long time, for sure. Well, thank you, Tim, for making time in your busy schedule uh, to come out and share with us about the work of the Community Foundation, its upcoming or its current 50th anniversary, but its big celebration. So we really appreciate you taking the time to come and chat with us for a bit. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. It's been fun. Wonderful. So again, another awesome conversation. We continue to be amazed by each and every one of our guests as well as um, not only their own stories, but their commitment to Albion. And Tim was is no exception. We hope that you have enjoyed learning more about the Albion Community Foundation and its work over the past 50 years. We, again, are there very thankful that Tim Krause, the Albion Community Foundation Executive Director, was able to join us today. Um, and we hope that you will join us next time on Brick by Brick. Make sure that you subscribe to Brick by Brick on iTunes or SoundCloud.com. And you could also find and listen to each episode on our website, downtownalbion.com forward slash Brick by Brick. We also want to hear from you. So if you have feedback or suggestions on who we should interview, please get in touch with us via our website. But until next time, we will see you around town.